This is Strategy Taken, a podcast about hard decisions and how strategic leaders in financial services make them, with your host, Luis Sorzella. Hello. Today we have here uh, Cheryl New. Uh, Cheryl is a long term friend of mine. I did a couple of projects for her when she was leading Forrester's Financial a few years ago. Uh, she's had over 30 years of experience in financial service, in insurance, especially in life insurance, including seven years with Liberty Mutual, uh, three years as the head for Lord North America with Forrester's Financial. And right now she was the president of Camper Life out of Chicago. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, good to see you. It's good to see you. Cheryl, I met her when I was working with Forrester's Financial. She's been focused on building capabilities and large scale transformation of companies and making decisions aiming at the long-term growth and profitability of the companies. Today, um, she has a very interesting story of one of the companies she led related to a strategic move from a captive distribution to independent distribution, and they were having a hard time actually delivering on that vision. Right, Cheryl? Yeah, yeah. So um, this is it's a pretty interesting uh, situation, but going into one company that I led, um, they had made a decision to go um, independent. They were captive prior, but the strategic assessment of what that meant really hadn't been done. And they realized pretty quickly they weren't able to drive business through the products they had. So they got involved with an IMO who convinced them they had a unique product and that they could be um, a big player in the market of final expense in a very short period of time. So when I arrived, they had really built kind of this next business around a final expense product. And the big strategic issue was, is this really the right place for them to be? And do we complete, continue on or do we continue on with that same strategy? Or do we really need to change the strategy and move to something new? Um, the situation, go ahead. No, I was uh, wondering, like you said, that they were asking whether this was the right move for them, if they should continue that, that path or they should change, do, do some course correction. So um, what was happening? Like, why were they, they asking this? Yeah, so I think some of the early indicators that maybe they need to reassess was, number one, they became second largest market share in a space um, that they really hadn't been in before and it happened very quickly. Um, so, you know, are they really that good or was there some type of flaw in the product design or in the product pricing? I, I can see that. Like, um, I understand that final expense is a very challenging product. Most companies in that space cater to like a lower income type of uh, demographics, right? So it's right. really hard to make them, to make them pay off in terms of, in terms of the investment. Right. So, the first order of business was really assess what the health of that new business was that they had built around. And after review, uh, I recognized that they were underpriced. 
Um, they really did not understand a lot of the operational nuances and um, areas for potential fraud. And they had put themselves in a really narrow position, not only with the product, but with only a couple of distribution partners. And the big strategic decision was, do we completely phase out of this or do we stay the course? So there were two options to stay the course or to phase out the product. Back then, what did people believe to be the best answer for this? Well, I think a lot of people there were very invested in the growth around this product and had been part of building it. Um, I think that there was also concern that if not that, what? And also that repricing or changing distribution partners put about 60 to 70% of their business at risk. But it was clear when we laid out all the pieces and what the issues were that it was not a long-term um, you know, growth opportunity. It was not sustainable. And in the long run, they weren't gonna make money. The return of capital was low and in some cases um, negative. So what, what did you do? So, you know, there really was a process where I'd spend time really framing what the situation was. And I think that you spend the right amount of time up front framing it, getting everyone's input. So there's alignment on the state of affairs when you go in and talk about the strategic moves you may need to take. So it was hard to go in and review that and then recommend exiting um, the final expense or reducing significantly the presence in the final expense space. And the big decision, or really the big risk around the decision, I, I felt confident it was the right strategic decision, but I think how you executed it, how you moved and toggled from a single product and a narrow set of distribution partners, um, you had to do that very carefully because you didn't want to disenfranchise um, your other distribution while you did that. So we did a phased approach, um, which went around first set, you know, repricing or changing the underwriting on the product to get it back to a 10% ROC. So, and, and then we said, this is the direction we're going to go. We have to recognize that we need a broader product shelf and we need um, broader distribution. And so the difficulty there was that most of the folks in the distribution space were very, very steeped in the senior market. And in order to broaden our access and really go after the target customers that they had before this change in distribution, they needed a broader portfolio. So they needed to carefully reduce the reliance on these distribution partners and the ones who sold final expense and other things, we worked on setting up new goals. So we didn't allow you know, a certain amount of their volume, couldn't exceed a certain level. We went back and revamped how we compensated our distribution partners because mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, Sure, a lot of people have seen this. You go in and every distribution partner had the best deal, only 
five of them were selling, but we had a, a whole bunch out there that weren't selling and had the best, you know, compensation formula. So when we looked at what was going on in the field, we realized that the distribution, we had a lot of distribution partners, um, even though there was only a handful that was selling and meeting the highest uh, compensation tier, for some reason, almost all of our distribution partners had the best contract available. Um, so there was a difficulty in going back and looking at all of these contracts and to see which ones we wanted to renew and which one had the potential to drive business across new products that we knew would allow us to reach more of the target market that we were used to serving, as well as broadening um, the sale beyond final expense. That's actually a very interesting uh, point because I, I understand that in, in the insurance distribution, a lot of the, uh, the, the distributors and the agents or even some of the companies, they specialized very much in a, a certain a certain type of client or a, a very a very narrow set of products. So fin- I, I've I've talked to some um, distributors that only sell final expenses, right? So right. Um, actually moving them from uh, what seems what the way you're describing a very lucrative uh, product that fits perfectly with their their market and their their strengths to something else sounds very sounds very difficult yes it was difficult because the majority of the volume were coming from distribution partners that we knew were not going to drive us to the strategic vision of serving a little bit higher um, income level and helping customers across all their insurance needs not just one The trick was being able to do that while building the other side of the business. And then we were going to have to phase it out. If you found carrier or distribution partners that were selling final expense as one of their products, we could start with that. But we also brought three or four others and built our relationship around new distribution partners um, with the full portfolio in mind. So how did that work? Well, it was, it was challenging because number one, we had to get everyone to agree strategically in a big change of direction. Um, and a lot of people were very married to it because they were involved in setting it up. The second big challenge was, you know, just like we knew we didn't have the right distribution partners. We also knew that the right um, chief distribution officer wasn't there to attract the kind of distribution partners we needed. So we had to make a really difficult decision of changing out our chief distribution officer. And, you know, he had brought many of the other sales uh, leaders on board. And so there was, how do we do this without disenfranchising the rest of the organization? I think that it was a bit scary, but we didn't just rip the bandaid off. With baby steps. So we said, here's the things we're going to do with repricing and starting to manage these distribution partners differently while we build products in the background and expand the portfolio and bring in more distribution partners. Once we got to a point that we felt that all of the metrics were moving the right way and the board and uh, the CEO were comfortable with 
the progress and had even more um, confidence in the strategic change, then we were able to toggle a bit more quickly. So that was the moment that you felt that you were already out of the wood. There was still things to do, but at least the hardest part was over. Yeah, I think, I would say, I think both parts are <laughs> equally hard. So trying to maintain um, the business they had and make it more profitable without losing volume, that was hard. Convincing the organization to switch its focus, that was pretty tricky as well. But I think the most important element of the strategic change was around the patience that it took um, and the phasing. Um, it's easy to say, we're not gonna do this anymore and immediately go to something else. But really the challenge was how do you start to shift the balance over time so you don't create a lot of growth risk or um, partnership risk for those that were important. So I think once we felt we had new partners and a new portfolio and we saw the growth, um, it took us about 18 months to see the shift um, and moved away from having that be 70% of the top line to 25. I think we were able to show step-by-step step that things were moving the right way. And I think at, after 18 months, um, we started to see, you know, get more um, insights on how these products were performing and how the new distribution partnerships were, were working. And I think at that point, it became clear that we could exit the senior-only distribution market. Cheryl, if you were talking to a Cheryl of another company that's going through exactly that same thing, so like, what would you tell her? I think you really have to step back and understand the status quo. You really have to take time to understand where things were and why they are the way now. Why are they that way right now? and then understand the economics and the different strategic choices. You have to be patient. You have to do small things that you know will improve the business, but won't jeopardize it while you're going through that process. But it's really important to have clarity on exactly what your start point is and where you're trying to go. Because if you don't understand those two things and you start executing, it becomes a mess quickly. I can't imagine that. <laughs> All right. Uh, that was very, very, very interesting story, Cheryl. Thank you very much. Um, would you like to leave your contact so that if, if anyone is interested in uh, contacting you, they can contact you about this? By the way, I should have mentioned Cheryl has her own advisory firm and she is advising insurance, including insurtechs and some carriers and distribution companies on strategic matters. Would you like to leave uh, your contact information? Yeah, I think the easiest way to contact me is through LinkedIn. So if you search on Cheryl um, K. Neal, and as in Nancy E-A-L, I should pop right up. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening. If you are open to knowing more, you can subscribe to our podcast and find us on thestrategytaken.com.